0: And I'm happy now that the county is going to start looking at helping the rest of the county citizens.
1: Correct. And there's a great number of good uh, or great parks directors throughout those towns you were just talking about. And there's a great number of, of partner groups that we work with on a regular basis. One of the things that we're tasked with is uh, administering the Open Space Fund. And uh, we've had two cycles of Open Space grants now. Where we, I don't know the exact number, but it's a little over one and a half million dollars has been distributed throughout the county for those local groups to build capital projects and to purchase land in their particular areas. And I think that's really important for us to do. And it gets a little technical as far as where that money comes from, but it, it is a good turnover of money that's drive through fees and things like that that really helps out those smaller groups.
2: Welcome to another episode of Best of Johnston County, brought to you by Breeden Law Office. Our host, Jonathan Breeden, an experienced family lawyer with a deep connection to the community, is ready to take you on a journey through the area that he has called home for over 20 years. Whether it's a deep dive into the love locals have for the county or unraveling the complexities of family law, Best of Johnston County presents an authentic slice of this unique community.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Best of Johnston County podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Breeden, and today we have a special guest with us, Adrian O'Neill, the director of the Parks and Rec in Johnston County. And I've been looking forward to this since I was able to get it scheduled, because Johnston County is really starting to move forward with more of a countywide park plan, which they've not had, in the first 20 years I lived in Johnson County. And I'm excited about some of the things they've been able to do and the leadership that Adrian has been providing along with working with our county commissioners who ultimately are in charge of all of this. And uh, we're gonna talk to him today about you know, kind of how he got here and you know, some of the plans that, of what they're working on. If you listen to one of the previous episodes, I think back on the first episode, we talked to Paul Flaherty of HTR Commercial. We talked about some of the parks but him and I didn't have nearly the knowledge that Adrian O'Neill has, and that's what made me think we should invite him on to talk with us. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you for having me. So anyway, just start. Tell me uh, your name, your position, and how long you've had that position. I'm Adrian O'Neill, and I'm the Parks and
1: Open Space Director for Johnston County, and I have been uh, working for Johnston County since November 2019, so right at four years now. And the what we do in our department is we look for properties and facilities that can become parks in the future and trails throughout the county
0: and be designated
1: as open space throughout the county
0: all right well cool so i i met you when you first got here i'm excited when they the commissioners committed to hiring the position because prior to you being hired there was not a parks and rec director for Johnson County, was there? That's correct. And there was no budget for parks and rec in that's Johnston County, right? That's correct. And I think the county, I mean, I moved here in 2000 and the county's position, at least until they hired you in 2019, was, we'll let the cities do it. Mm-hmm. And then, but, you know, if you're out here in the Cleveland community where I live, there's 40, 50,000 people out here, you know, I mean, you know, depending on where you call the Cleveland community. and You know, there was no parks
2: program.
1: And we are still primarily tasked with providing facilities and not doing the programming associated. And we have a lot of partners like Greater Cleveland Athletic Association, Little Tar Heel League out of Princeton, organizations like that really help us out on the programming side. But we are looking around the county to make sure we have examples and representative places that we can use for basketball, baseball, all the different sports, all the different activities that people want to have in Johnston County and that a lot of people that are moving into the county are used to from wherever they're coming from.
0: Right, right. Right. And I think that's been some of the impetus too. And you know, the and, and I have to admit, the towns in Johnston County I think have done an excellent job. I mean, the parks in Clayton are are as good as any parks. You'll go to. I I love Shrek and the Smithfield Community Park Mm -hmm. with the Miracle League there now and the special needs playground they built there in Smithfield. You know, so the towns have done a really good job for their citizens, you know, and I'm happy now that the county is going to start looking at helping the rest of the county citizens. Correct.
1: And there's a great number of good uh, or great parks directors throughout those towns you were just talking about. And there's a great number of of partner groups that we work with on a regular basis. One of the things that we're tasked with is uh, administering the open space fund. And uh, we've had two cycles of open space grants now, where we, I don't know the exact number, but it's a little over one and a half million dollars has been distributed throughout the county for those local groups to build capital projects and to purchase land in their particular areas. And I think that's really important for us to do. And it, it gets a little technical as far as where that money comes from, but it it is a good turnover of money that's drive through
0: fees and things like that that really helps out those smaller groups. Yeah, and and the open space funds, for people that don't know, are largely funded by the developers mm-hmm. who have to either provide open space in their developments or pay a certain amount of money. At one point, it was $400 a lot. I think it's now $800 a lot if they're unable to provide open space in their community. And then that goes into the fund that the county keeps. And then the commissioners, for a long time, and I was one of the people that helped, I think, convince them back in twenty. 14 that they really needed to start doing something with the open space funds because they had not really started giving them out. They sort of had them and there was some thought they were trying to use it to help prop up the fund balance, which Mm -hmm. you're not really supposed to do for AAA bond rating stuff. And I mean, I went and spoke at the commissioner's meeting and said, you have this money. I I feel like you should do something. And the Greater Cleveland Athletic Association has these needs. and, And the commissioner's agreed and they started to come up with the thing and they said okay we're going to do it by a high school district mm-hmm. and you know we're going to take let people apply grants and so i wrote a series of grants for gca and the first thing the commissioners did was they gave us the money to put a new roof on the cleveland gym the mm-hmm. old school gym there that roof was almost 150,000 dollars i think yeah. and was desperately needed as it was leaking and stuff like that they also with that initial round paved the driveway mm-hmm. around the gym there. It used to be dirt with big holes in it. And that was a big help for GCAA. And in, in the next rounds, they, we use GC Greater Conference Association, which I'm the secretary of, we used the money to do, we did the lighting. Mm-hmm. All the underground lighting had gone back to when it was a school 30 years ago and was not safe with yeah. some of the power boxes and stuff. So, so it's been a really Great thing for and this year. We just did. We just had the fields leveled, and, and we're getting a they new dugout at G, Greater Cleveland Public Association, which plays in the fields right behind the old Cleveland School, across from the Cleveland Fire Department. So I've seen what your work and the commissioners and the open space funds have done for the children that play at GCAA, and it's been tremendous. And okay. I want to thank you for that.
1: Well, this the least I can do. The open space funds are great, and we really have to rely. A lot on grants and and getting grants through our different resources that's why one of the first positions we hired besides mine was a grants coordinator and we use that grants coordinator position to leverage funds throughout the county we have brought in approximately three million dollars through grants and we're working on some different projects one of the things that we've done most recently was the uh, master plan for the new property that's at Cleveland and the old property, because we figured if we're doing the new property, we need to look at the old property too and make sure we're not duplicating services from one to the other. And also make sure that when we get through, we've got something that's really nice. One of the things I have to remind people all the time, because you know, a lot of the folks around here are are a little bit old school and they've been around for a long time (laughs) and they remember how parks used to be done. You know, Farmers don't build parks in the wintertime anymore, and parks are a very technical item and they are very expensive but well worth the cost. So we one of the first things we do is do one of these master plans so that when we build facilities and we go back and we, it allows us to build those facilities in phases rather than building something and then we have to tear into the edge of it to build the next thing and tear into the edge of it to build the next thing we like to have that master plan in place, so if even 10 years from now, I'm not here or the people who did the plan are not here, it's still in place, and it's organic enough so it can change with technology, but it's solid enough that you can still build those items that you've been promises for, promising for years and years.
0: Yeah, and for the listeners out there that, that are not aware, the the county has purchased 80 acres of land at Matthews Road and Polenta Road in the Cleveland community for the first really county park Mm -hmm. that Johnson County has ever had. And as part of that master plan, they're also going to redo the 13 acres that the greater Cleveland athletic association uses with the old gym behind the old elementary school there on Cleveland school road across from the fire department. And there'll be two, they're going to completely redo the original 13 acres. And then they're going to build a very nice park on the other 80 acres. And then across Polena is another 13 acres that the mm-hmm. County has, has purchased as well. That's also going to be part of, of this sort of community first wide County park. And, uh, I know there's been a lot of, I've been to a lot of meetings about it. I know you've hosted a lot of meetings about it, and I think it's going to be really nice when it's done. But the question for all of us out here in Cleveland and the other people in the county that want to see it done is the master plan I saw, $50 million. Where does $50 million come, and when could we start to see stuff on that 80 acres that right now is a, a bean field?
1: Well, fifty million dollars is a big number. It's kind of like you, you know, you've always heard the old saying: you, you eat it, you do it like you eat an elephant, one piece at a time. Right. And that's why when we did the planning on that, we did it in phases. With the eighty acres you spoke about, has at least three different phases, and they're even more splittable than that. So we can, you know, like phase one, we can split into phase one A, phase one one B. So we look at those and we try to position them around the type of grants we can apply for okay um we one of our two of our big sources are parks and recreation trust fund which is a statewide grant and then uh, land and water conservation fund which is a, a national grant we did receive funding from both of those when we purchased the property so that means that they they liked our idea when we came up with it with that being a park and so we've gone back. Again, and we've received a parks recreation, an additional parks recreation trust fund for that property. And we are in the application phases of doing a land and water conservation fund grant. And a lot of times you'll see us having community meetings and those community meetings are to get information from the community, but they're also to bolster those grant applications when we do them. So it's very important that you come to those community meetings and make sure you get your two cents in about how you want this park to look because until something is actually on the ground, you still have a chance to change what's going to be in there and make sure that we're doing things that are up to date because there are some times when athletic things that people do in athletics or in recreation kind of go out of style or just are not used as much. And we want to make sure that what we put out there, is not just a fad that's going through. We want to make sure that it can be used for the next 20 years. 20 years is kind of our lifetime cycle that we talk about a park. We know that after it's been there 20 years or maybe at the 15-year mark, we're going to have to start looking at it and say, okay, does this still fit the needs of the community? And so we're always updating as
0: money is
1: comes available when we can.
0: Well, Right. And the one thing I think that the people listening to the podcast would like to know is The new master plan actually has stuff for adults on it. You know, right now, everything out here has largely been the Greater Cleveland Athletic Association, which provides, you know, team sports for basketball, baseball, softball, soccer, and volleyball for about 2,500 to 3,000 children every year. But it's only for children. The Green mm-hmm. Life, Greater Cleveland Athletic Association does not provide any adult programming at all. And we're constantly getting asked about that. I got an email at my secretary at gcasports.com email yesterday mm-hmm. at looking for an adult basketball league. And so, but I do believe once this comes to be, there are walking trails, there's pickleball, there's other stuff for seniors. Mm-hmm. there's I think there's a dog park. Like, it's really going to be more than just, yes, it's going to be some soccer fields and some baseball fields for the youth that that are, you know, desperately needed in this area. But there's going to be stuff for for everybody. And we don't really have anything for everybody right now, at least not in Cleveland or McGee's Crossroads. The towns do, but not the county.
1: Well, one of the things that we look at we, we do a lot of research as far as what people want. One of the main things that comes up all the time is trails. So we have a large trail component around the park. We have a nature area around the park. We have open fields that you can use for many different uses. I mean, just to go lay out and read a book or meditate. We have an amphitheater that will go in there. We do have a dog park, like you said, the soccer fields. Soccer fields, I I like to call them general purpose fields because they can be used for football, soccer, different things. And we have a a small fishing pond that will go in. The first three items that'll go in over there is a pickleball court, a small retention slash fishing pond, and an outdoor basketball court. Oh, okay. And those will also be accompanied by the underground work or the utility work and kind of the base for the roads and things like that, because you kind of have to get that out of the way. You don't want to be tearing it up every time you, right. you come in and out. Right. So those are kind of our first, about what I call phase 1A, and that's what the really the first $3 million is going to pay for in that park. And that could happen in the next 12 months? Well, with our Parks Recreation Trust Fund grant, we have to be started within, well, actually we have to be finished within three years. Okay. So we're looking at, at those three items and some of the underground work being finished within three years. And we hope that we're adding right. uh, funding through grants all along the way, because it's, it's a whole lot cheaper to keep a contractor out there than
0: it is to bring them, let them come in do a little work and then right. leave and come back. So uh, when did you get the grant? I mean, I know we've been, this project's been, you know, a long work. I was one of the, I was on the very first call with the county manager, Rick Hester, to the lady who owned the land Mm. who was looking at maybe donating some of the land to the County and you know what that might look like or or selling the land to the County. And so, I mean, it's been a, it's been a long time coming for for me and and the County manager and the people in this community. So, I mean, I mean, you got the grant, was it, you get it? I mean, we're recording this, who knows when people listen to this, we're recording this and in at the, in December of 2023. So I don't know, I mean, did you get the grant in 2023?
1: We, we got notification that we received the grant in September, if I'm not mistaken. And what we have to do is wait for paperwork to come in, just like anything else. The actual contract that goes with the grant came in in November. And in the last commissioner's meeting in November, they voted to accept the grant. So okay. once it's accepted, all that paperwork signed, that's when our three-year mark starts. So okay. we have just started that three years. So uh, I would say three years from December
0: 2023 right. is our, you know, when you should start looking for right. something else. And is there any thought that the commissioners, and, and we're going to have commissioners on in the future for people listening, hopefully we're going to have a, a lot of them, but but we'll we'll ask Adrian Neal since he's here now, They think about running a, maybe running a bond for parks I will. to help speed this along? I know you don't have a vote on that, but yeah. if they talk to you about that, You
1: know, that's what happens in Wake County, and that's how they have done their parks funding for many years now, and they've been very successful. Bonds, for the most part, for parks, are very successful throughout the state of North Carolina. This last election cycle, there was one that that did not go through. Bonds are always um, dependent upon the communication that's done beforehand. I will say that our commissioners are very supportive of parks. They have been very supportive of parks since I've been here. And I think at some point, there will be a need for the bond. I'm, I'm not sure it'll happen during this election cycle, but if
0: it did happen this election cycle, we could definitely use it. Right, all right, well, that's cool, that's cool. We'll make sure we ask them <laughs> what they think of what they think of the bonds, you know, when, when they're on the podcast in, in the next few weeks coming up, and that'll be interesting, we'll put them <laughs> on the spot. They're the elected officials, you uh, just try to live out what their vision.
2: Have family law questions? Need guidance to navigate legal challenges? The compassionate team at Breeden Law Office is here to help. Visit us at www.breedenfirm.com for practical advice, resources, or to book a consultation. Remember, when life gets messy, you don't have to face it alone.
0: I mean, some other things. We talked about the Cleveland part. Talk a little bit about the Mountains to the Sea Trail. What it is, where it is, you know, how it impacts Johnston County. I, don't, I think a lot of people are unaware of that.
1: Yeah, we, we've received over the last uh, two years, we've received a, approximately $450,000 to do planning for the Mountains of Sea Trail, the East Coast Greenway, and uh, county-wide trails and greenways plan. The Mountains of Sea Trail and the East Coast Greenway are both considered state trails. The East Coast Greenway is a national trail. It goes from Maine to Florida. The Mountains to Sea Trail is a state trail. It goes from the mountains of North Carolina, Murphy to Manio, And both of those are, are very legitimate trails, long hike trails or short day hike trails. And we are one of the last counties for the Mountains to Sea Trail to be completed and probably one of the hardest counties because of the amount of development that's going on in Johnston County right now. But we've done a feasibility study. The first one was from Clayton to Smithfield, and we've got that in the books now. It provided us three different routes that we could take as far as purchasing land and getting easements and and building trail. and we're working on those right now. We've got a, a new portion of trail that will be going in with the new school over at Wilson's Mills. Okay, it'll be right behind the high school, and that'll be a big portion of the trail. It kind of follows the
0: river. That's what I always thought. It kind of yeah. follows the Noose River where it can. I where mean, it can, right. right?
1: Okay. And the Mountains of Sea Trail and East Coast Greenway actually parallel each other from the county Western County line all the way down to Four Oaks. Okay. And once they get to Four Oaks, they split, and okay. the Mountains of Sea Trail goes towards the coast. And then the East coast greenway goes towards Fayetteville and down towards South Carolina. Okay. And right now we're in the, probably about the middle of doing the feasibility study from Smithfield to the Harnett County line. Okay. So we've got a lot of our partners in there, um, giving us their viewpoint and we've got DOT, we've got the railroad, all the players in the game, you might say, making sure that we're not putting something on a plan that will not work in the future. So right now, if you look at our feasibility study for that part of the county, we've got a spider web. And what we're doing is we're looking at each one of those different segments and and we're saying, okay, this one's not going to work. So we take it off the map. And we might, somebody might come in and say, well, have you thought about this? And we put a new segment on the map until we get down to what we think is the most feasible one or two routes that are available. And once that's done and we get that approved by the board of commissioners, if that's what they decide to do, then it helps us out later on when DOT comes in, if they're building a new road, then they have to consider that plan because it is a documented plan. Mm And if, if it coincides with their construction of the road, then DOT actually will build that part of the trail for us.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, and the DOT is doing a ton of construction here in Johnson I, County. I mean, it's unbelievable. Are there any other, so you're working on a, a, a I guess you're working on a, a parks and rec master plan for the entire county. Well,
1: the we've done a parks and rec master plan. That was one of the first things. Right. And that identified the position I'm in now and the need right. for it. You know, and the one thing I'd like to stress is that, you know, a plan is really never complete because we have to have a a park generic master plan for most of these grants we apply for. And once that plan gets to be about 10 years old, then they say, okay, you don't have a master plan anymore. You've got an old master plan that's not up to date. So we have to constantly update this plan at least every five years. We may do a, a light update or we may do a full blown redo of a master plan. So in, you know, about four more years, we'll come up on having to do a redo of the entire master plan, which after you've done it one or two times, it's not as difficult as it was that first time, but you still want to get those viewpoints throughout the community because the people in the community may have changed. And that's one thing that happens here in Johnston County very regularly because we have so many people moving in every day and it makes a whole lot of difference to make sure that you're got, you've got the input of that community and you're putting your ear to the ground so you know what's happening in the community.
0: Yeah, well, I guess a question I always am am asked, and and I've asked this question a million times, and I kind of know the answer, but, you know, we have all these schools Mm -hmm. and some schools are used by the parks and recs and the town parks and recs. Mm -hmm. Selma has a tremendous relationship between the school in their parks and right department. And in other places, the communities can't really use the schools. Right. Can you explain how community groups either do or do not get access to schools and why there can't? There doesn't seem to be some sort of universal policy that would allow people to use these schools and fields that the taxpayers have already paid for?
1: We're working on that right now with the school system. We're talking to, to them about a pilot program called Schools to Parks where, you know, we see that there's hours after the school day that potentially the school could be used in a manner that it would be a de facto park. We know that during the summertime there are schools throughout the community that, you know, there's three months of year that there's really nobody there other than the administration. And we are working with Johnston County Schools to look at the opportunities that are available and try to do something a little different. Now, there may be some schools that just don't work. And, and I think if you really look at the high schools, they are not going to work because of the fact that they have so much programming that goes on throughout the year. I mean, you know, a lot of times their sports teams are getting ready throughout the year or having different summer camps and things like that. But a lot of our middle schools and even our elementary schools that have been middle schools have baseball fields, they have softball fields, they have football, soccer fields. And a lot of them have track, you know, a a walking track. And there is some of those being used now. I would encourage any of those groups that are not being able to use their local field to really communicate with the school system because most of the time what we find is that there's a communication gap there. And once that communication gap is kind of pushed through, that there's a whole resource that opens up to them. So, you know, that's one of the big things, but I hope in the future, uh, overall in the County, we can do something that will help the schools out and help the, our partner groups out because there's a, you're right. There's a huge amount of money that's spent on these schools when they're built in the landscaping and in the fields and things like that. And, you know, school principals and school administrators are, are not supposed to know what to do with a baseball field or a football field
0: or a basketball. right? right you know. Right, right. And,
1: and we hope that there's ways that we can help out with that in the future. And we are working on some different things right now.
0: Well, and we ask everybody that comes here as we start to wind down this episode of the Best of Johnson County podcast. I, I know you live in Wayne County, but you, mm. you, and you work for the State Parks Department for a long time. What do you, you've been here four or five years working now and doing a tremendous job. The citizens of this county owe you a a tremendous debt of gratitude. I I know you're not looking for it, but I just don't think people understand how much you've done for this community, the, the whole county, Greater Cleveland Athletic Association and everything else. What have you found that you love about Johnston County?
1: Well, Johnston County is really a homespun area when you start looking at it, regardless of where you move from or who moves in, There's just a community spirit in Johnston County, and it filters down from local government all the way through. I really enjoy working for the county. It's been a great work relationship, and the county itself still has, even though there's so many people moving in, it still has that small town feel about it everywhere you go and you know i get picked on about my accent sometimes but <laughs> i don't care i mean this is, that's, that's just part of being in this area and yeah i no, from it's, this
0: area yeah well, well what is you excited about johnson county and the parks and what your department is doing over the next couple of years that we talked about the cleveland community park but what else might have you excited the support
1: we have great support from our county commissioners we have great support from the community we have great potential for growth in our park system. You know, we kind of get a little bit disheartened sometimes when you start doing these trails or you start doing these parks because you see roadblocks that come up, but it seems like a lot of times those roadblocks are just temporary in Johnston County and and we're seeing people that come around to the to the viewpoint and and they say, "Hey, we do need a park here. We do need a place for these kids to ha- to use for their activities for adults to use for their activities and you know you you were right about that a while ago you talked about kids being the focus for so long but there are so many young adults now that want to get outside and do things and they're not harnessed to a desk anymore like maybe you and i were when right, we were right in our young in our careers and it's it's it's
0: very interesting to see that and it just opens up a whole new
1: realm of support um
0: Right, there's there's no doubt, and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting over the next few years. You know, now that this group of commissioners has really made, I mean, they're 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 making a concerted effort. I mean, to to improve the parks and stuff around here, hiring you, creating your office, you know, having a budget for you to do what you're trying to do. I think is, I mean, that just for people that are maybe new here, that just did not happen until they hired him in 2019. That was just not something this county was really focused on at all. Well, the
1: north carolina legislature has done a lot too because you think we just you know, we're coming off the year to trail in north carolina there was a lot of funding that became available with the year to trail uh, a lot of our support groups like the friends of the mountains of sea the um, east coast greenway coalition both of them have funding from the state legislature so uh, that was a big boon this year and we also have a local group in johnston county Friends of Johnston County Parks and uh, Open Space, and uh, they cover not only the parks, but they cover the arts in the county. Right, they do. And, they're a um, great group. They are group. growing by leaps and bounds. You know, I look got a sticker with the date on it. and They've been around for about three years now, and you know they've got a board in place. They're a, a 501c3, and they're fixing to start a membership drive, and so we've got a
0: lot going on with it as oh, well. Cool. Well, if any of the citizens out there that listen to this podcast or watch it on YouTube or whatever wanted to get in touch with you or your office, what's the best way to do that? The
1: best way is to look us up online. If you, It's kind of a hard email address, but if you just Google Johnston County Parks NC, it'll come up. And that also is a guide to, if you're new in the county, it's a guide to where maybe your children or you want to play sports because it kind of directs you based on your address to the closest sports partner
0: that we have in the county. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So. And, and there are a lot of great sports partners, and I've been extremely involved with the Greater Cleveland Athletic Association, and there's tons of them, where, where there's football with the Civitans and Clayton, mm-hmm. and there's Archer's Lodge and Four Oaks and Vincent. I mean, everybody, the Micros got a league, McGee's Crossroads Athletic Association. There are tons. So if you have a child that would like to be involved in youth sports, there, there is definitely a place for him or her to play in Johnston mm. County with these, largely these nonprofits that have sprung up to provide services for these kids. Well, that'll be it for today's episode of The Best of Johnston County. If you like what you've heard and would like to know, more and not to miss out on any future episodes, feel free to like or subscribe or follow this podcast so that you won't miss the future episodes, including with some of our county commissioners where we might ask about that parks bond and what their vision for parks is going to end up being. And you might want to see what their answer is. So until next time, I'm Jonathan Breeden. Thanks for listening.
2: That's the end of today's episode of Best of Johnston County, a show brought to you by the trusted team at Breeden Law Office. We thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to sharing more interesting facets of this community next week. Every story, every viewpoint adds another thread to the rich tapestry of Johnston County. If the legal aspects highlighted raise some questions, help is just around the corner at www.breedenfirm.com.